When you are going through treatment and when you are in recovery, it helps if you have something to fall back on to keep you on track. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's a sport. Maybe it's reading. Whatever it is, you need something in conjunction with your therapy to keep you on track. My next guest started to run. Now, he's never been a runner before in his life, but now he's competing at the highest levels to reach his goals. He's a law enforcement professional in Canada, and he is on the show to share his story of suffering and, more importantly, hope and his future goals to reach the top. His name is Such Latte, and he is an amazing individual. And he is next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I hope your day is off to a great start. I want to give a shout out and a special thank you to you, the criminal justice professional. Whatever you were doing, wherever you were at, thank you for doing it. Very troubled times we live in right now, but rest assured, I know it may not seem like it, but the vast majority of people out there support and love you. Please be safe. Please take care of yourself take care of your partners, and take care of your family. Keep up the good work. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Too many first responders out there are suffering. About 40% of first responders suffer from mental health challenges, addictions, or both. That's the number we know about. It is probably much higher. If you are suffering or you know somebody who is, please encourage them to contact FHE Health and Shatterproof for first responders. Now, FHE Health has a bunch of different programs, but FHE Health is specifically designed for you, the first responder. You do not need to suffer anymore. Take that step, take control of your life, control of your future, and get the help you need. Reach out to me now, 303-960-9819. All calls are confidential. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm very excited to have this next gentleman on the show. He is currently serving as a law enforcement professional in Canada of all places and I, I haven't been to Canada in a, in a while but it's beautiful up there such latte what's yeah. up buddy no much buddy man I just want to say thank you for 
have, giving me the opportunity to come on and, and talk about what I'm doing. So thanks, bro. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you, brother. And I know we kind of ping pong back and forth about with yeah. times and stuff like that, but I apologize. And I'm no glad way. you're here, brother. First of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. You know, I, I know you that. work at the at the border and I know you're a canine officer and, and thank you for serving. It's a very difficult time in law enforcement here in the United States as well as Canada, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And but your story, what you're doing now, what you started doing is amazing. Can you can you tell the listener a little bit about you yeah. and the journey you started on? Yeah, so sure. So um, I've been working in law enforcement for the last 18 years and um, <clears throat> love the career, love the place I'm working at, love all the people. Everything about it really fed me. And but um, like many people uh, through the pandemic, uh, I su suspect a lot of people just like myself struggled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also was going through about four or five years ago, marriage issues. And um, right before the pandemic kicked off, um, separation and divorce started happening. Yeah. And so that for me was a huge just, you know, like everyone else, it, it affected me. And it affected me because I was the squeaky wheel. <laughs> yeah. So I was the one who created the problems. Um, yeah. Now, having said that, um, through the process of the pandemic, uh, up here in Canada, or at least where I live in the Vancouver area, British Columbia, um, the the restrictions were pretty severe in certain cases. So um, I, I'm an avid athlete. Like, I work out all the time. I lift weights, uh, jujitsu. I can't and, tell at all. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're built, dude. You're a beast. Yeah, hey, man. I'm, you know what? That's And you know what? I appreciate that. And, and thank you for noticing that. Um normally throughout my life i would always um never acknowledge when people would say things like that because yeah. I, it makes me feel uncomfortable generally yeah, yeah. but I'll, i accept that because the reality is um doing what i'm doing now i do have a few skill sets that are are, are pretty decent and mm -hmm. so to go off what we were talking about the pandemic i was uh i was uh dealing with my mental health struggles quite massively depression and anxiety was really kicking me in the junk at the time because of the divorce the separation um, sure. my role in causing a lot of the issues um, and then also um, the pandemic and not having any tools mm -hmm. to help kind of manage my mental health the only tool I had was fitness and that was taken away so I needed to do something and I hadn't ran in 25 years I'm 44 and I last time I, I went to high school in Texas, just so you know, I went to high school in Dallas, uh, <laughs> cool. Plano, Texas, and I was a wrestler on that team. And um, when I was wrestling, I was the worst runner even in high school, right, <laughs> on that wrestling team. <laughs> but um, so I had to uh, ran since then. And I, I, you know, because I wanted to kind of improve the individual that I was um, based off of how I was a how I observed myself at that time, I wanted to start reading various different books to see what I could do to be a better person for everyone around me. And I picked up, uh, obviously, like most people in our field, um, pick up books from Jocko Willink. So oh, yeah. I, I, I read Extreme Ownership cover to cover. And I owned a lot of things that I needed to own. And as soon as I started owning th things, then I was able to dictate how I was able to move forward. I owned all my garbage and started moving in that direction, but I still had issues with managing my mental health. So I was, I, re, I, you know, kept talking about Goggins and I was like, fuck it. Okay. Let me see what he's about. <laughs> and so I picked up his book and I read that, but I didn't read it cover to cover. I read two chapters. I read the first two chapters and I was like, okay, I'm going to start running. Right. And, um, 
I, and I, I suggested that to myself because I never liked it. And the underlying theme in that book is basically do things that you don't like to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, I, so I started and look, man, I may look like a fit guy, but I wasn't a runner. I was, I'm probably 180 pounds now and I was in and around 200 pounds then, but more of a bodybuilder type of walk. Sure. Right. So I would do five kilometer runs. So that's 3.11 miles, um, every, uh, three times a week. Right. And so I'd schedule myself to do that. And just so I could create the pattern of that to happen every week. Right. So then I started running and then, as you said, I, I, I look fit. So I, I started seeing progress and then within short order, um, within two months, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a half marathon, but it wasn't a race. I just said, I'm going and I yeah, want to do, do it, it right now. And I just did it. I went out for a run and I kicked it off now, but through all that process, I started seeing, I just started thinking, man, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm developing pretty decently here and not really a runner and I'm, I'm working full time and I'm doing all these things. Okay. Wait a second. Let me, let me see what I can do here. Maybe I can leverage this for some sort of positivity. Right. And so what I did uh, in 2020 is when I started running in 2021 from January to November, I was basically training to run a hundred kilometers. Wow. And, and um, so then what I ended up doing in August of 2021 I started fundraising for a charity that's here and locally here in BC. It's called the BC Yukon Legion. And it's a, it's all they do is basically support veterans and veterans with occupational stress injuries or PTSD. And so I was like, you know what, man, let me, let me do that. Right. So what I did was from August to November 7th of last year, I was fundraising and raised $21,000 for that charity. Wow. That's all amazing. Through running, just through running. Just through me, just doing social media, Instagram, that was it. I was, wow. And I wasn't even an Instagram guy. I just started Instagram, <laughs> opened it up last August. Yeah. And um, so when I saw that, man, that really impacted me. Um, look, I hadn't ran before. I trained myself to run 100K. I did that 100K. I ran from one city to the another city, which was 100 kilometers, 60, 70 miles in and around that. And I did that in just under 15 hours on a wow. thing, which I pulled a week before. So that got me thinking. I was like, look, man, okay, wait a second. I can do this. I've never run before. I've done all these things. Okay, you know what? I, I'm going to reevaluate the direction I'm going to go in life. And I felt a significant paradigm shift in perspective after I did all those things, man. I, I, I um, It really affected me. Yeah. Right. And it changed how I looked at things. Now, mind you, when I did that last November, I was still quite depressed and desperate because um i was disillusioned with my place in life like my purpose in life i didn't feel like i had one anymore because uh, you know working 18 years in law enforcement sure. you know things whatever i just felt disillusioned yeah. with a lot of people <laughs> yeah but i didn't want to go down that road of like being negative and and really i could see where that was leading me right and i was really dark spot man i wasn't doing well like mentally and I was alone. I hadn't really, most of my friends for the last 18 years, I just couldn't relate to them anymore. And um, so I, just the connections just fell apart, right? And I was extremely isolated, extremely alone. I was, I, you know, you know through the divorce, I mm -hmm. left the house. My ex-wife got the house, which I was, that was the ownership I took and I didn't want to fight with it. But I was living in a basement suite and I had been living in, in a, like a basement suite's like a, just a rental place in a basement of a house and i still am now but um that got me thinking even more and i was chasing money a lot i was chasing doing shit like bullshit stuff man mm -hmm. 
And I, I realized I didn't care about money. I just wanted to help people. And I just yeah. wanted to be a better person for everyone around me. And I wanted to maximize the skills that I have. So when I was at work and I'm running the dog, it's like the best job in the world, right? And, um, and you know, I had a moment, like an epiphany when I was at work one day. And I was running, uh, my, my partner was running his, uh, his, his, his dog on one of the, you know, exercises we were doing. I was just observing. And in that moment, I hit, I was hit like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm wasting my time. Like, right, just like that. I was like, yeah. I'm wasting my time. Like, I could do so much more for so many people Absolutely. just by doing what I know how to do and or, or uh, using my skill sets to the best of my ability. So then I started thinking, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, so this year, what I did is um, I set a goal to raise $30,000 for a different charity, which is a smaller charity uh, based close to where I live. It's called Honor House. And that charity um, supports current military staff, veterans, all first responders. So police, firefighters, paramedics, border, everybody, even Americans. When we have Americans come up here, if they need some sort of uh, help, we, we square them away. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, I'm going to try to raise money for them. And so what I did this year is I scheduled myself to do six ultra marathons throughout the year. And so starting in March is when I started. But for me, it was more of like a learning process of understanding how to fuel my body and the nutrition, all the nuance involved. Sure. Yeah. So that was what I was doing. It was learning. So in March, April, May, I would would go somewhere and do like a a 60K run or a 100K run or a 50K run. Or there would be something, always doing something every month. And through that, I've raised about $13,000. Wow. And I'm not done yet. So by the, I, I, my last run for this year is on Sunday and it's an 80 kilometer run, 50 miles in around that. And my goal is to do that in under 10 hours, maybe eight or nine hours, which is a significant jump compared to what I was able to do last year. So physically, I know I'm more capable. You're always pushing, you're, you're pushing yourself more and more. I'm constantly pushing. I'm constantly at the tip of the spear trying to be better. And, um, so, so I'm quite sure in the next couple of weeks, hopefully with um, more media attention, we'll, we'll be able to get closer to that 30K mark. But really what I've done is I've set a 10-year plan of what I'm doing. This is not wow. by, by the free, uh, seat of my pants. I'm doing everything planned out. What I'm doing now was planned two years ago. And what I'm going to do next year was planned three years ago. So to illustrate what I mean by that, after I ran that first hundred kilometers on the 7th of November, I was lost. I was desperate. I was alone. I was fucked. Yeah. Right. And by the grace of whatever you want to call it, God or spirit or whomever, um, I was on the news um, because of what I did. Wow. And um, a person saw it and someone that I needed to see that. And so anyways, um, this person that I met, he was a veteran. Um, he, he's older. He's, you know, he's 60 years old veteran. He served Canadian forces, uh, with exceptional distinction. And, um, he basically, you know, we connected through social media, Instagram, we started chatting and talking. And so what he did for, he lives about 10 hours drive from where I live. Mm -hmm. And, um, the reason why I was interested, look, I'm not a dumb guy. I know, I know what's what. And I yeah. started talking to him and he, so essentially he was a tier one operator. Yeah. You, you know, a tier one. Oh operator. yeah. Yeah. I was in the military. <laughs> yeah, so he's a, you ever heard of JTF two? Uh, I think I have. 
Yeah. So JTF two is the equivalent of Navy SEALs in Canada. Yeah, yeah. So they're all tier one. You got yeah. Delta and yeah. you know, you know so, so this guy was the tier one, but when tier one was created in Canada, he was selected for the first teams. Wow. And he was he retired as a warrant officer. And, and um so anyway, so he um he used to train tier one. Wow. Well. And he used to So he's a badass. He's all the things. All the things. Master sniper, um, parachute, like a whole nine yard. Everything yeah. that it almost like having Jocko Willink on speed dial. Wow. Essentially. So what I did was uh, what he did, not what I did was what he did for me was save my life. Every single day for two months, he would Zoom call me to make sure I wasn't doing anything stupid. But also he would performance coach me out of the state I was in. After he was a tier one operator, that wasn't the only thing he did. He only did that for 13 years. After he retired, he did a bunch of other things. Yeah. And eventually he became a performance coach for elite athletes. And he himself became a, uh, you ever heard of 24 hour solo mountain bike races? I haven't. Yeah. So it's a thing apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds brutal. <laughs> it's, yeah. So he, he used to, when he retired, when he st- at the age of 42, he started doing 24 hour mountain uh, solo mountain bike races. And he's done, uh, he did one 48 hour one actually. And where they, and it's not like, Oh, just like lackadaisical. They're fucking giving it for 24 hours. Right. Oh yeah. He he became a world champion at that. And then he, um, he, through that, he ended up becoming a a coach to 15 for 15 years to, uh, extreme, like high, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, endurance athletes. Yeah. Right. And he uh, he has worked six world champions that he's trained, and so he's he Amazing. knows his shit. And you got him on late. speed dial. He's my mentor. Yeah, I've been I've been he's been my mentor since November of last year, and he's been you know, at the beginning he was connecting with me all the time, and because I needed it. And what he helped me understand was what my purpose was. He wasn't yeah. telling me, you know, like what they do. He 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 basically showed me, or not showed me. He helped me. Gave you the tools to help you find it. Yeah, and he helped me uh, turn down the white noise. Yeah, I like so that. It, it made it super easy for me. I was like, okay, cool. I don't need a lot of money to live. I need about 50 grand a year. Now, as soon as I established that, it made everything easy. Then I can think, well, I can quit my job and go 100% in and doing what I'm doing. And doing what I'm doing, I can generate 50 grand a year. That's it. Exactly. Right? So through that process, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. I'll just work every single day doing what I'm doing. In five or 10 years, I will have created it enough to where I can support myself. But now it's turning into a whole new animal, man. Like, so I'm, I'm training to do this this year. Next year, I'm going to do the same thing, but a longer distance, 345K I'm going to do next year. But um, it's the goal. It's amazing. The, ultimate goal the ultimate goal is this, brother. In 2025, I'm going to break the record for the fastest run across Canada. Holy now, shit. So now, why that is um, a thing is because in Canada, it's it's a thing that um, people have been trying to do for years because it's such a great distance. It's well, and the terrain, the terrain yeah. has got to be through so, all the fucking so all over the place. Yeah, so it's 7,300 kilometers and the equivalent of going up Mount Everest seven times, right? So that's the equi- uh, the elevation gain and descent is the same as seven, seven, seven times over. So how do you Everest. train for something like this? I mean, I've forgive me, I'm for- ignorant. No, no. Hey, look, I'm ignorant too. We're at the tip of the spear trying to figure this out. <laughs> I mean, you're obviously in good shape. You're a runner. Yeah. 
you've been doing so it, but I'm so, like, so, holy shit, how do you so, train? So this this turns into a different thing altogether, right? Because here's a if I, okay, when I break the record, I'll be the first person of color to do it. I'll be the first person to color. I'll be the first person to color to run across Canada. Forget anything. That's else. amazing. Number one, number two. Um, I'll be the first law enforcement officer to ever do it. So that so that changes things quite significantly. So it's things of just because of that, it's changed everything. I've I've got we're filming a movie now, documentary to track everything, and to show my vision is to do what Nims Die did for Fourteen Peaks is to have my this movie documentary on netflix but not to highlight me to highlight sure, all the people sure. around me that have exactly. been lifting, lifting me up the, the collective around me is is um those are the heroes man like i'm just the guy just trying to work out and trying to train and they're it's lifting amazing. me up to ensure that i'm able to do these things so now what i'm doing we're filming this documentary youtube channel is starting so over the next two three years i'm going to continue pumping the youtube channel i got a business partner now who's who's basically funding it all because i don't have the money to do it I'm, you know, I don't have, I'm basically using all my money that I'm working with to invest in helping everyone else. So I, I'm currently getting paid, but I'm not like saving any of it. If that I makes sense. But, but yeah, but you're pumping it back in and it's for a good cause and you're doing what you love. Yeah. That's the awesome thing, man. Uh, you're so passionate. Now, I could tell. Yeah, so, so now for me, it's like, it's a blessing, man. Like for me, I feel so awesome that I get to talk to you. I get to talk to another person. I get to fly over here. I get to yeah. run here. Yeah, I don't have tons of money, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, you know what amazes me about the whole thing, such yeah. is is yeah. it all started. It's such an inspiring story. It all started, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You started taking ownership of your shit. Yeah, you know, I think it all starts there. You, you have to take on, you know, our stories are kind of, it's kind of eerily parallel. I went through a horrible divorce. I, it, it was like one of the cattle that bought me in the hole, but I knew, okay, I could, I had two options, right? I could off myself, which mm -hmm. I contemplated, or mm -hmm. I can start crawling out of that hole. Same with mm -hmm. you. I mean, I'm not saying you were suicidal or anything. I was, but what I, mean, I, I started doing. Yeah. Is well, I, I started. Mean, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I no, wasn't suicidal. But I, I wasn't suicidal. But um, with the tools I had, who knows what could have happened yeah, exactly. in a few months? Who knows? Exactly. But yeah. I was at a point like you, where I said, "Okay, am I going to stop blaming people for all my shit? Mm -hmm. Am I going to stop blaming my ex-wife? Am I going to stop?" I took ownership, and once you take ownership, like Jocko talks about, he talks yeah. about his mission. Yep. When awry. If you haven't read the book, read the book Extreme Ownership. But he 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 a mission went whack he wasn't there but he was the guy right so he took ownership just like you took ownership i did and hopefully the listener it yeah. starts there I i'm not so, saying man. that relationships are one-way street you know that brother i mean they're two-way but take ownership of your part of it exactly so for me <laughs> that was hard because my ego is huge oh shame with mine so, so that was a um, uh, a journey in and of itself of trying to understand what all of this is. Because I was a guy who just did my job, did my thing. Fuck you, fuck that. Let's go, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, you know. But then now I'm I'm trying to not be that guy. I'm trying to be more empathetic. I'm trying to be me too. Um, more more thoughtful and be more in the moment and and really understand what I'm feeling and how it's driving me. Absolutely. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of the things that I do or have done, I haven't been a bad person at all. I've been a good person. However, I have had reactions throughout my life that are indicative of someone that is suffering from mental health. 
Absolutely. You know? And so all I'm trying to do now is um, through the endeavors that I'm in is try to help myself. And if I'm able to help other people at the same time, then it's a bonus. Yeah. And like, like you giving yeah. back and helping people. I mean, you know what I do? Yeah. Um, that's my juice, dude. That's, that's, awesome. that's, that's what I get up for. Yeah. I never thought in a million years, brother, uh, uh, you know, after 23 years in law enforcement, that I'd be basically working in the healthcare industry trying to get first responders help. But I am so passionate about it, like you are with running and your causes. This is why this is why I'm here. I mean that's that might sound cheesy to some people, but I truly believe that now. Just as that's why you're here for what you're doing. But I think this is, I don't think it's cheesy uh, and maybe other people may say that because they haven't had the right what they pill say. yet. <laughs> because know. they haven't had that they haven't been given the pill by Neo in the Matrix. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because here's the thing, man. Um it's not cheesy because the reality is everyone has a purpose if they're able to identify what that is. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone's purpose is the same or how they affect Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But you have a purpose. I have a purpose. My purpose to my purpose. I and now mind you, I'm fortunate because I have a friend named Sean Taylor, who's a tier one operator and a plank holder who was able to help me to gear down to understand what my purpose was. So I spent days and days just fucking sitting there. What's my purpose? What do I want? How do I want to live? And um, it came to this. I just want to affect permanent positive change. I love that's it. it. And so that doesn't ever change. Now, running across Canada, if that's my purpose, then it, it, it'll I'll lose. Because that'll be one event and it's done, right? But to have for me to affect permanent positive change, it's got to be until I'm dead. And then when I'm after dead, exactly. So it continues to happen. So I wanted to touch base back onto the why run across Canada It's because it's a, it's a thing in Canada where everyone, there was a man 40 years ago named Terry Fox. Have you heard of his name? No, no. Terry Fox is probably the greatest Canadian that's ever lived. And everyone should know who the fuck he is. I'll tell you why. I know now. You told me, brother. I'll I'll tell you why it's important. He was a 20-something-year-old man, early 20s. He had cancer. He had his, I can't remember which leg, but his leg removed because of the cancer. And he wanted to do something for other people. So without any fanfare, no one knew who the hell he was. He said he was going to run across Canada on a prosthetic leg from 40 years ago. You know what those legs would have been. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, he made it halfway across Canada and then he died. His cancer came back and he knew his cancer had come back, but he wanted to still keep going. So halfway across Canada in Thunder Bay, Ontario, he died. Okay. And um, since then, in his name, over a billion dollars has been raised in cancer research. Wow just because of him because they continue to do it even though he's dead every year in every elementary school in this country they have a terry fox run every kid knows who he is yeah there's statues all over this country with this man so that's why it's a iconic thing to run across canada so whenever someone says i'm going to run across canada it's it's in his footsteps that we do it it's because of him that's where that's why it's a thing so um, it's a great honor for me to be able to 
try to figure out how to do that. And for me, that, I mean, shit, man, that's just, it's, it's, it's amazing brother. And, you know, I mean, to, to do that, uh, not only physically, obviously it's demanding, very demanding. I can't even imagine, but mentally too. But when you're running, let me ask you this. You you suffer from, I, I, I suffer from PTS, PTSD. I told you a little bit about, you know, my anxiety too sometimes. Yeah. But do you find, might be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you find when you're out there running, doing the things you do, giving back that it actually helps you, that it's therapeutic for you? 100%. Yeah. The same with 100%. me. And I know, I know, it, but that every time I talk to people like you who inspire me and other people, and I surround myself with positive people, I think that's key too. You know that. I mean, if you surround yourself with people who are fucking constantly complaining and shit, life sucks. And, yeah. and I've been there, then you're going to get that. Yeah. That is therapeutic for me. And it helps me. Yeah. It helps me. I'm still in recovery, brother. That's the that's the stuff that helps me and keeps me going. You know, I don't and, think I don't think it ever stops, right? No, it doesn't. Um, because this is, you know, I mean, we are who we are now, right? It is what it is. Um, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. We can focus on our skill sets and see how we can use those things that someone may think is negative and point it in the right direction. I'm obsessed with what I'm doing. And most Good. people, you have to have some level of dysfunction to do what I'm trying to do. I'm not a runner, bro. The person, <laughs> the, there's someone who has the record. He's been doing it his entire life. He's in his 40s or whatever. He's uh, Dave Proctor, amazing athlete. He just he just broke the record this summer. And he, he did it in 67 days. But um, what, what's exceptional and what's remarkable is this. That man, he's an amazing athlete, and he broke the record, and he's been doing marathons and ultra marathons his entire life. He's born for that. I just started running two years ago, and I'm running – I went from five kilometers a day to right now. If I had to, I could run 50 kilometers every single day. I could do that right now. And then in two – so what really got me thinking, my initial goal (laughs) – I'll tell you full disclosure, man. My initial goal was just to do exactly what Terry Fox did. Run His his goal was to run a marathon a day. It was called the Marathon of Hope. And he would run a marathon a day, which is 42.2 kilometers every single day. I can do that right now after two years of training. So for me, I was like, oh, wait a second. I can do that right now. What more can we do? Let's drive this forward. Let's push. Absolutely. So I'm saying, I don't know if I can break the record, you but will I'm going to hire all the people to make sure I can do my best to do it. I'm gonna, I've hired a running coach. I've hired a nutritionist. I've hired trainers. I've hired everything. All my money is going there. And if I don't break the record, that's okay, but I'm pretty darn sure I'm going to get close. You will. <laughs> if, I get, if I get close, all I need is that mental fortitude to drive even further, right? So the reality is I'll go from no running in about five years going to 100 kilometers a day, and that means anyone can do that. Anyone. Yeah. If Now, what that symbolizes, okay, maybe not everyone wants to run, but anyone could do anything remarkable within their skill sets and whatever their purpose and goals are. They can do that if they do it with conviction. If they do that with discipline and, and heart, they do that, and they do that with yeah, heart, and they do that with like um, not with like a, a, a immediate gratification coming. You got to think five and ten years. Absolutely, Anything less than that, it's a waste of time. Absolutely, in, in I mean, my opinion, anyway. No, I I agree with you. Now, I mean, do you? I'm mean, gonna switch gears a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, 
law enforcement is law enforcement it is and i forgive me for my ignorance such but it, is law enforcement struggling in canada like they are in the united states so i would say it's struggling maybe to a it depends what the struggle is. Yeah. Well, I mean, depression, isolate, yeah. you know, all 100%, that stuff. 100%. I mean, these the, brave the, men and women killing themselves. I'll, I'll tell you right now, today there's a regimental funeral right now as we speak in my city because a, a an officer, a police officer was stabbed and killed last week. Jeez. Sorry to hear that. What, so, what do you think? Oh, go ahead, brother. I'm so, sorry. So, yeah, sorry. I just need a second. Um, so she, so that's going on now. So yes, for sure, a lot of people are suffering. I'll, you know, I think it's not so much from the from uh, officers getting shot or, or stabbed or killed, which is still extremely shitty. But I think what we're suffering more, and I suspect in the states, is the mental health, depression, and suicide rate. Sure. And that's with with our veterans and our military staff. Now I don't know what the numbers are. Um, I haven't looked at the studies, but I know what the studies are in the U.S. And if uh, if 22 veterans are killing themselves every single day in the United States, I suspect the first responder world is a, is is just as high. Yeah. And high. if you were to incorporate North America, just Canada and the U.S. alone, I would argue that you're looking at 50 to 60 to 70 people a day are committing suicide based off of, you know, if you were going to look at the trends. Right. So those are things that I think that are huge issues. Um, and I think the the employers are trying to get there. They're trying to do the things, but you know, like any government, that stuff will take time. And yeah, and I think I think that I think it has to be done. I think the stigma really needs to like go because look, man, I was a I was a high flyer. Yeah. <laughs> I was the guy I was one of the guys that did a lot of cool things at work and and um I struggled mentally. And yeah. um, you know things could have probably been, been done better by me and by the employer in terms of like support and stuff, but they all, they always can, you know, but I think it's all, it's, a, it's all new, right? Like a yeah. lot of us, we don't know how to like function in it, man. Like um, even some of my, like the employer or my employer, for example, they're trying their best, but you know, you can only, they can only do what they can. They don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm just talking yeah. about my ass now. Well, no, <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, the one thing I learned in my treatment brother is, you know, you, you have to or I had to learn how to become very selfish, not in a narcissistic kind of dickhead way where I'm ignoring everybody and my friends and family, but selfish when it comes to my self-care. Yeah, you have to get that. You can't rely on employers to do that for you. I yeah. mean, it's like you mentioned Matrix. I mean, what did what did Morpheus say to Neo at one point? Look, I can show you the door. Yeah. You know, but you, you got to walk through. And you know what? It's um, that's the ownership piece, right? So absolutely, uh, I think I've, I've been. I think it makes a huge difference owning your stuff, man. As soon as I started absolutely. owning a lot of my behaviors, I was able to author my future. Absolutely, and I could, like like, man, for me to come to the realization that I'm going to quit my job and donate my pension to charity, and then to just do what I'm doing, is like. It's amazing. It's awesome. And I, I know with 100% certainty that the things that I have planned will happen. And what I have planned, yeah, the run across Canada, but that's only part of what I got planned. Exactly. And you, what I got planned is like, I want to, I want David Goggins running 50K with me when I'm running across Canada. Well, shit, make it happen. 
I will. And I want Cameron Haynes <laughs> to do the same thing. And you mentioned, I mean, and you know, I know you've heard this before. You yeah. mentioned money. Look, money's important. I'm not, yeah. You know that. I know that. Yeah. But if, and I know this is old, but I'll, it's it's very relevant, I think, is if you're doing what you love, yeah. money's going to come to you. There's so many people out there. I was just talking to, about this out in Illinois. I mentioned to you I was out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I did a, a thing, and I, where I said, well, how many people? And these were, these were cops. I was like, how many people like their job? You know how many people raise their hand? About two. The reality yeah. is a lot of people, the majority of people, don't like their job for whatever reason. But the rare people, the outliers like you, me, other people, who love their job, who love what they're doing, the impact you're making in the world, which you are, fuck, life is golden, man. It is. I mean, when you wake up every day with a purpose, I'm not saying I didn't as a law enforcement professional, but it's a different different type of purpose. It's different. And I wouldn't, I've been thinking about that quite a bit. And uh, I've been talking about it just with some friends and stuff. And it's like, look, being in law enforcement for some people, it's a lifelong dream. Sure. For mo- for most, it's a secondary thing that they've done because the first thing didn't work. Right? They want that pension. It's the golden handcuffs. And in my experience with a ton of people that I've spoken to, they may say they love the job. They may say they've always wanted to do it. But when you ask them questions like, oh, what do you like to do? And they go on tangents, say, I love this thing. I enjoy doing this. I want to be blah, 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 blah. When I retire, I'm going to do that. So I, I want to uh, share a quick story here. I was on a, a few weeks ago, we were doing a, um, a, beast, a law enforcement memorial run. And there's also a law enforcement memorial bike ride. And um, that was a few weeks ago. And, and me and a group of uh, law enforcement officers ran 130 kilometers from over, over a three-day period to run to from one um, city to uh, Victoria. So we ran from Abbotsford to Victoria and Victoria's on an island. So we had to take a ferry and the whole nine yards. Anyways, point is this, we were, we were meeting, you know, I was around a whole ton of people. They're all, you know, law enforcement officers and you know, just, I'm just listening and paying attention. We're having breakfast on day two. And I was listening to one was a, a SWAT member and the other one was um, just a, uh, not just a, but like she was general duty. And so she was talking and, she was uh, talking about plans for when she retires and, oh, she be dreaming of doing this thing and wants to have this type of farm, blah, blah, blah. And it was awesome. Listen to yeah. it. So then my first question to her was like, so you don't like your job? And then she replied back by saying, what do you mean? I love my job. I go, then why don't you, then, but you're talking about this other thing. Why don't you just do that now? Why do you need to do the <laughs> job thing? Because you seem more passionate about the other thing. Yeah, that's a good question. And it always comes down to, oh, Bill, I got to pay this mortgage. Yeah. No, it's the struggle, right? So I'm starting a new career now. I need to spend five years to make that money. I guarantee you in five years, I'll be making $500,000 a year likelihood because YouTube will I know you will. Yeah, because that'll that'll generate. I already like, so I know, but but that's what the passion goes, man. Like I'm just driving every single day. But at work, that passion may or may not be there for some people. So they're not able to affect that permanent positive change because they're just doing it for a paycheck. Or they're doing it for um, status, or they're doing it because they have a badge. Or the, yeah. it's not. It, for me, it wasn't truly selfless because I was going and getting a paycheck from someone sure. else. Sure. What I'm doing right now, I feel, is selfless because I've been struggling like a fucking like like you don't even understand yeah. the last few years. 
And I suspect over the next two is going to be a grind, but that's kind of the journey we're on. But you got but people I, around you. And I'm happy that I'm on this journey now yeah. because it, it, this is, um, it just feeds my soul, man. I don't, yeah. I don't like, it's just like, I, I, I volunteer once a week with the, with the boys club, um, in, in, in Vancouver. It's a high risk kids, high risk, uh, high school kids. And, you know, like, the, you know, either the one meal a day they get might be with us on Wednesday in terms of like the pizza or whatever we get and bring in. And man, me just like, look, that feeds me more than me talking oh, yeah. to them. Giving like me just hanging out with like these yeah. kids and like just listening to them and, and hearing their stories and, and the other mentors telling their stories. It's like, it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Listen to like, listening to all this. And it, it, uh, it drives me even more to, to, um, push even harder yeah. to affect that change. So yeah, man. It's awesome. Now, if somebody's going to, the people who are going to listen to this, such what what advice would you because you're amazing i mean your attitude is amazing and we all suffer you know that yeah. we all go through shit but if somebody is listening to this and, they, and they're suffering what advice would you give them? you know what advice would you give them right now to to help them get through those difficult so, challenges I, I, I can i can suggest what i did mm -hmm. and how it helped me number one i i, I uh i started by trying to own everything that i did mm. no matter how difficult that was no how much no matter how much that hurt my feelings or my ego number two i tried to find like-minded people to surround myself by so that i can just be around people that actually thought like me sure or not no um who had similar interests mm -hmm. right not everyone thinks the same but if you have similar interests, yeah, you, similar can align, interests yeah. you can align and then uh, find mentors that can help guide you. Absolutely. Because um, for me, I could have wanted to do something, but 100%, it, it was a lot faster and expedited with the help of my friend, Sean. Had I been doing it on my own, it would have taken me much longer, for sure. So I think those are very fundamental. And then also service. I think those things, for sure, um, helped me. And um, I think, based on my sort of communication with other people who've gone through similar types of things, they've suggested the same stuff. Yeah. And um, it doesn't seem to be like, it, it all comes down to your ego, at least for me and putting that me ego too. away. Yeah. Put that ego away and, and be humble. Seek, yeah. Seek guidance. And, and, and if, if you don't agree with it, that's okay, but at least keep an open mind and listen to the information so you can make an informed decision as to which direction you want to go in. Right. Yes. I don't know. That's what, that's kind of my perspective. Amazing. I mean, and for the people out there, just, I don't know what your thought is. We're about to say such, but for the people out there, well, how do I find a mentor? And I look, mentors don't have to be like right next to you. Mm -hmm. We live in a great time right now where we have the internet, you know, I mean, you you can reach out. I mean, get online, try to search for a mentor in your area. They don't have to be one on, you know, in person, they can be virtual. Right. I and, mean, and think, and think of it this way. It doesn't have to be that mentor mentee kind of feeling. Exactly. Just two friends having coffee and having exactly. a chat, right? I just had a chat with a, a friend of mine, Josh. He lives in Alabama. Never met him. Never met him, like in person. But he and I have been talking for a year, just kind of shooting the shit on, yeah. on Zoom, right? So we can do all kinds of things to find. And if you want, this is another thing that I tried, started doing. I curated everything I looked at on social media. All the bullshit I got rid of. 
Oh, exactly. Right? <laughs> so if you're if you're constantly on Instagram or Facebook, curate it to the things that you want to learn and the thing the people that you want to become or what you want to do in life. So for me, I just eliminated all the noise, all the dropping the asses of girls, all the bullshit stuff, all the garbage, yeah. and just kept it to people that inspire me. Yeah, fill in your that, soul. Um, yeah, and or people that um, are doing amazing things, and I want to just watch that because it feeds me, right? That kind of stuff. And um, for sure, that's helpful, it's, especially for someone like me who's always on my phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it helps to curate what you're looking at, for it's sure. Amazing, brother. If people yeah. want to reach out to you, Such, how do they find you, brother? How do they learn more about you? Because you're an amazing individual and you're doing amazing Thanks, things. Um, how can they reach out to you? So I have a website, um, www.suchinmotion.ca. I also have my Instagram. So those two platforms and also, sorry, my YouTube channel. So everything you can search um, is such in motion. And the only dis- difference is on my Instagram, it's such.in.motion. Someone hacked me last year and they took my original one. So I had to start it fresh this year or last, uh, yeah, this year. So uh, yeah, Instagram, I'm always on Instagram or YouTube. So, and my uh, website's there. So if anyone wants to make a donation, if someone were to make a donation to Honor House, um, I don't touch any of the money. It goes directly to Honor House. Um, if you're a Canadian living in Canada, you get a Canadian tax receipt. Um, I'm not sure how it works if you're in the United States. I don't expect anyone to make a donation from the U.S., but I do do know that where I live is very close to uh, Bellingham, Tacoma, and Seattle. And um, we have serviced people from those areas. Um, so, yeah, if anyone wants to make a donation, we're, we're, we're open. <laughs> Amazing brother. Thank you such. And everything we talked about brother, including what you just mentioned, how to find you and the great work you're doing will be linked up in the show notes, brother. You're Thanks, amazing. Bro. I'm finally, right. we got to make yeah, this man. happen. Hey, As, hey, man, let's, let's, let's keep in touch. I was hey, going to say, we got to keep in touch, brother. I'll shoot yeah. you my cell. I, yeah. I don't know if I did already, but God bless I, you, brother. Because I'm planning to come travel quite a bit more next year. And uh, I do plan on going to visit my friend in Josh in Alabama and, I do plan on going to Dallas next year. And then I would love to be able to come to Arizona because I've never been That'd be to Arizona. That'd be great, man. Arizona's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. don't come during the summer. It's 115 degrees. Hey, bro, I love it. I love, <laughs> hey, I'm, made, I'm made for the heat, bro. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Thank you for you being too, on, man. Such. Thanks, Take man. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Such a great show with Such Latte. Such a motivated and driven individual. After suffering like so many of us, do he keeps moving forward if you loved the podcast if you love the audio show check out the video show on cj evolution podcast on youtube i'll see you there